Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Guardian. Um, I'm Matt. Joe, how are you doing? You know, I am. I'm coming off of nine straight days of no work. A lot of which was a blast. Watched a ton of basketball. Went to Atlanta to to visit some friends. Today is Monday, my first day back at work. I uh, stayed up stayed up way too late last night watching basketball. And watching teams that were not named Baylor move on to the Sweet 16. So it was a, a bitter, bitter sweet end to a vacation. Um, unfortunately, watching both our men's and women's team be eliminated in the second round of the um, NCAA tournament. Yeah. I mean, and the men's game was just, it was, a, it was so emotionally draining just because of the the ups and downs like to be down 25 and you know you're you're thinking this is gonna be a blowout this is embarrassing i'm i can't believe this is happening to then storm back to take it to overtime and then eventually do lose the game so saturday (laughs) so yeah my mother-in-law was was actually she was going to stop by the house for just a few minutes to um to see the baby real quick because she was going to visit um, my wife's brother and his family who lived not too far from us, or that was the plan. At least some stuff happened with my brother-in-law to where she drove down here. They, and they had, they had some stuff that like he had to go do at work last minute. And so she was like, okay, well uh, she called us up and I'm like, well, can I just come spend the day over at your house? I'm like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Um, so for the first half, or first three quarters of that game, my wife and her were like kind of around me while I was watching it. And it they were it was just such a somber thing in the house of like, 
oh, we're so sorry. I hope this doesn't ruin your day. Like, we know how much you love this team and, you know, because they don't care about sports at all. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but then the comeback started. Yeah. And I'm just, you're just there on the edge of your seat. The whole, you're like, I, I kept thinking about the Louisville game. Yeah. And yeah, me too. Oh, I, I let myself believe. And we just ran out of gas. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, I was so proud. I, I don't want to be negative. Like, I was so proud yeah. of this team and even everything that they did this year. I, I'm not upset. Yeah, about we talked it. about last week. You know, it was, I'm, I'm not disappointed in the year. Right. You know, Big 12 champion, number one seed for like what would be the third straight year. Um, yeah. Big 12 coach of the year. All that. It was a great year. But yeah, in I mean, the you, moment, you, you blew a couple tires along the way. Like you're, you limped yeah. into this. And that what, like, like people, everyone's talked about this. You know, this wasn't like a full strength Baylor team going into the tournament and definitely not. I think I heard after the fact that um, there's like illness, like Kendall Brown had like strep throat or something like that. Yep. And I heard uh, Matt <clears throat> Meyer was also ill. So, I mean, it's happens, you know, it's, it's like they say, you know, it's, it's March. So things like this happen, happen every year. I mean, happen to Kentucky on, on day one. Hey, it's happened to us in yeah. the first round. Yeah. <laughs> We've been a five twelve. We've been a three fourteen. Yeah. Luckily it wasn't a two fifteen. Uh, go St. Yeah. Peter's Peacocks, by the way. Oh yeah. Go Cox. So then as we move to Sunday, you know, the kind of the, the hits kind of keep on coming. Uh, the women drop a game to, is it South Dakota? Yes, yes South Dakota. South Dakota. Um, in front of a home crowd in Waco. And that every was time shocking I, to me. Every time I turned the game on, something horrible happened. So I just watched it through GameCast. Me and like every uh, day, it didn't matter if I turned it on on my TV or I turned it on on my phone, there would be a turnover or like some kind of run, but like it just it was bad things kept happening. So I was, I'm the problem. So I, I watched the entire game just watching it updated on GameCast of, you know, like Melissa Smith makes layup. Yeah. So like it was for me, like I turned to it, like I was like, oh yeah, the women are playing. So I turned to it. And when I turned to it, it was 11 to nothing, uh, South Dakota. And so I was like, nope. So I turned immediately turned off of it because uh, I'm the same thing. Like I can't, it's, it's not going to go well if I watch. So then, you know, I got the little like push notification from the, the Baylor account, Baylor women's basketball account, you know, like here come the bears. So then I turned back to it and this is the same thing. Like you said, something horrible would happen to Baylor. And I was like, you know what? I'm turning this back off. And so I just didn't watch it. I was the same way. I was just, I keep up. I would check it on ESPN and I would check the uh, Twitter and that was it. Yeah. I followed the entire game and it was just like, I was like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. But you know, again, things. Same, yeah. same, same thing that was going on with the men's team, right? Like there's just, there were depth issues over there. And, yeah. and again, amazing season, all things considered what Nikki Collin did just, yeah, I'm amazed. Yeah, to start in the hole and end up winning the outright winning the championship or conference championship. And then, you know, getting the two seed in the tournament. I mean, it's a successful year. 
it's not up to the standard of officially women's basketball, Baylor basketball that they've they've kind of set for themselves over the years. But all in all, it's a successful year. I mean, it's it sucks, but you know, it happens to somebody. It happened to Iowa earlier in the day. To it um, did it it did it did happen to <laughs> Iowa earlier in the day. So I mean, it kind of it happens to uh, to the best of teams. And uh, then, I actually and hold on, uh, I do I do have some news that might. I mean, it cheers me up that currently there's a number three seed in the second round of the NCAA women's tournament right now playing against Ohio state coached by uh, it's, it's the Louisiana state university Ah, coached by uh, Mim Kolke. They are currently losing by 20 at the end of the third quarter. So. And that's at home too. They're, they're in Baton Rouge. So, you know what? They didn't do better than we did. I'm good with that. So, um, but then Matt, then yes, more news. We get, you get the, you get the, the gut punch from the men. Yeah. The gut punch from the women. Sure. And then the absolute haymaker confirmed that (laughs) started to drop last night, confirmed today after 19 years on the bench with the Baylor bears, men's basketball team as the right hand man to Scott drew one of the first phone calls Scott Drew made when he took the job in Waco. Jerome Tang, deservedly so, but no less sad, has taken his, uh, has finally gotten his opportunity to take a head coaching job and is leaving to go coach in conference with the Kansas State Wildcats. Yeah. And that, that kind of speaks to how Coach Tang is kind of thought of in college basketball because the other coaches who have left Baylor to go to head coaching positions, have all been non-power five coaching, you know, we have, right. You've got oral Roberts in North Texas. Yeah. And um, Matt Driscoll's at like North Florida. Right. So, and then he's gone. Jerome Tang's going to just go right in conference, but not only that, it's to a, a power five school as his first head coaching job. So that's kind of, how he's thought of. And I think it's, it's great for him. Um, I'm super excited about the success that coach Tang is having and is going hopefully have at Kansas state, except when he plays Baylor. But um, it is a uh, sad to see him leave for sure. Extremely sad, but I will say it has been uplifting. I think is the right word. It's, it's almost been, you know, uh, just just really amazing and it's made me proud to be a Baylor fan seeing the just overall positive response to him on Twitter yeah. over the last day with as this news has come out and become official just the program itself the fans everybody that's involved directly or tangentially with Baylor athletics just really expressing how grateful they are to Jerome Tang and everything that he did here showing him all the love in the world. Like I love seeing something like that because, you know, Bruce Weber, the former Kansas state coach um, on his way out, one of the things that he actually complained about and that I've seen just being a person that exists within big 12 Twitter is the level of toxicity that existed uh, for his position at Kansas state for a couple of years, their fans were really, really rough on him on social media. And I want Kansas state fans to see 
just the outpouring of like love and admiration that Tang got from us. So that way it doesn't start on the wrong foot for him there. Cause you know, like he's an assistant and Kansas state's a known commodity program and yeah. it's in the power five. And a lot of times there's going to be fan bases that expect that you go, you get a guy that is already a head coach. You're stealing a head coach from somewhere else. Not that yeah. you're giving a guy his first ever head coaching gig. Um, so I really hope that the expression that we had Tang shows that fan base, like just how amazing of a person and head coach that they're getting. Absolutely. And so, I mean, I haven't seen any negativity. Now there've been some like off comments about it being in conference and who's he going to take with him. I don't really think that's going to be a concern for Baylor. Now you may get some, I think he'll take some guys with him. And I think that's fair. Like I, I don't think a move like this happens without drew being heavily involved anyway. And yeah, you know, I think, I think conversations like that would have been had for a couple of years now. Like if this isn't the first job that Tang's been offered and, you know, I think he's probably had that talk with Scott where it's like, okay, you know, if I were to leave, how pissed off would you be if I took Alvin Brooks or John Jacobs, you know, and, you know, I'm sure Drew has expressed like, well, if you can elevate those guys or, you know, whatever their conversations may be like, there's an understanding there about, Hey, you're not going to go steal. You're not going to go try to poach X recruit. You're not going to like cross any lines here. Those two guys are brothers and they operate at a level of um, like ethics, I think within the coaching game that they won't cross any lines. So I'm not worried about Tang poaching somebody that drew wasn't already prepared for, or going after guys that we were already recruiting here. For sure. Um, I will say, we have recruited the state of Kansas extremely well the last couple of years. Tang is known as one of our best recruiters. Yeah. So buckle up because he could turn that program into a scary spot really soon. And they've had success in the relatively recent past. Yeah. Weber's been like, I, I clown on Weber all the time and call him like, I've called him the worst coach or like the second worst coach, the third worst coach a number of times um, over the last couple of years. And it's mostly tongue in cheek because the big 12 conference is so good that if you're good to above average, you know, you're not a good coach in this conference. Yeah. Um, But yeah, you're right. I mean, they've, they've been to multiple NCAA tournaments under Weber. They, they won the, and they won the conference tournament, I think a couple of times under him too, at least once. So it's not like they have no hardware to show for things, but he just wasn't up to the, the performance, I guess that they expected they had. So let's let's put a bow on on basketball for the year. Um, ended sooner than we expected, but all good things have to come to an end eventually. But we can just transition right into uh, spring football starts tomorrow. And I wanted to know, like, do you have any anything you're looking at, or any position battles, or what are you looking to garner from the spring? practice so a couple of things so i don't have any questions on the offensive line i don't have really any questions on the defensive line i don't have a whole lot of questions on the the back end of the defense either i want to know who's who's going to step up and really replace petrie um 
that's the big question for me. But I think the the biggest thing that I'm most curious about is the quarterback battle. That's the and most that is, I think, you know, I don't believe the Gary that we saw at the end of last season looked very much like the Gary that we saw two or three games into last season. You know, you, you yeah. get what I'm saying? Like the West Virginia BYU Gary wasn't the same Gary that we saw at the end of the year. Now he was banged up. He was hurt. But Blake Shapin showed up and showed out in the games that he was in when he was healthy. And, sure. you know, I don't think this is a staff that is heavily tied to loyalty in that, you know, well, a starter's a starter until he's not the starter. I think every single game and maybe even every single week you go in and if you're not playing well enough, they'll replace you. Um, you know, and it's just like, hey, man, we're just going out there trying to do the best we can to win football games. It's not nothing personal. Yeah. Uh, so I think it will be intriguing because I've also heard just amazing things about Kyron drones. Yeah. And apparently he looks super good. And so, yeah, I have no idea what the quarterback battle is going to shape up like next year. I'm assuming it's going to be Gary because he's the senior member. He has the most experience and I think fully healthy. He showed that he's a really solid guy and he can, I think he's just going to get better, but but yeah, man, I, I don't know for sure. And when you have that at the quarterback position, it's definitely the most intriguing thing in spring practice. Yeah, that is, and like you were talking about, not just the um, starter, but like the the backup battle will be just as interesting as the the QB one battle because mm-hmm. you know there there are people who think drones will possibly be that number two guy ahead of whoever doesn't win the the primary quarterback battle yeah shapen already beat out zeno which causes zeno to then transfer so it does it does make you wonder like let's say gary's name the starter and there's the battle for the second spot does the guy that loses that spot then transfer yeah which i think um i don't know i mean because you're talking about Gary, I mean Gary could transfer because he has that one. You we get one free freebie basically, and yeah, if Jerry if, if Gary doesn't win it, he could tra- like any three of these guys. I could see transferring if they don't yeah. win. You know, if I could see Gary transferring if he doesn't win the starting job, and I could see both Shapen or or Drones transferring think, if they don't win the backup job. Drone, I mean, you you spoke about like the loyalty of the the staff, like Shapen or. Gary, they, they weren't recruited by the staff. They were both – well, I guess Shapin was by Fedora, who's no longer here. Well, and Shapin also came because he could play baseball too. Yeah. So um, that's the other thing. Like Shapin, I think if, you know, if, if drones were to beat Shapin out for the, the second string, Shapin I can see staying just because he also plays baseball. So I think – you know, I think there's an extra layer to things there for him. But I know Drones has high self-expectations. He comes from a football family. His dad's a coach. And, you know, I could very much see him saying, like, well, hey, like, if I'm not if I'm not going to be the backup, I'm going to go somewhere that I can play sooner, which, again, that's – I don't want anybody to think that me talking about kids transferring is negative or doom and gloom or anything like that. I think – I like the freedom of movement in college sports. I know a lot of people don't, but – um if you if you want to play football, go somewhere where you can play football. And so if somebody's yeah. going to make you third string, then and that guy's 
the guy that's in front of you is is just going to be there so long that you're only going to get opportunity to play for one year. Yeah, go somewhere else and actually get to play football, man. I don't blame you for that. So yeah, that's yeah. what's most intriguing to me. Um, I would say right behind that's going to be the the running back battle. I want to know, you know, because we're replacing two really really stellar running backs. Yeah, um, and I think that they have a pretty good stable of, of young backs. Um, you know, in some of those early games, whenever we we were up big, you saw the you know backups come in and do just about as good a job as the starters. Granted, it was against lesser competition, but I think for what they want to do, they have a good you know good roster of backs to to come in and step up and take that um, take those roles. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's this is this is kind of the the downside of when you when you have like big name guys that have been around the program for a really long time leaving, it, you know, you, you hate it, right? You're going to miss yeah. seeing those guys. But this is the fun because, as you mentioned, you know, there are guys that were recruited by the old staff and we're going to now start seeing the kids that were recruited by Aranda. Uh, especially our defense, mm-hmm. seeing the guys that were recruited by Aranda and Ron Roberts and let's be honest, Joey McGuire. Um yeah. really start to 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 get out there on the field and we can start really kind of comparing against um you know w- you know how good how good is this staff at evaluating talent and not only evaluating talent but uh coaching that talent up and developing kids. So that's gonna be that'll be the fun one. Yeah, and um, on the defensive side, who's going to take over at linebacker um, from Terrell Bernard? Like you mentioned, Petrie. Um, I think they had – last year they had listed uh, – Lorando John- Johnson was listed as the backup for Petrie. He's a, I, I think so, yes. A random recruit from LSU who I guess transferred or left LSU before he – he signed with LSU but then transferred before he even played whenever uh, – basically whenever Randa left. Um, mm-hmm. And so, but there's, you know, there's a lot of young guys and they're going to put the best people, the best player in the position for the defense. Yeah, I think, you know, you're going to see a lot of Matt Jones back there. Like, I think he's going to be, that's who I really expect to be the next kind of leader along with Dylan Doyle. Like, it's going to, I think it's going to be the Matt Jones, Dylan Doyle show. Yeah, I have I have questions about Matt Jones at inside because when he did play that, it was uh, it wasn't great. No, but I think you could tell that he just he was a step slow. Yeah, and because I, I know exactly what you're talking about, I saw the same stuff. He was like a step slow because you could tell he was thinking, and that's what made Bernard so good. Yeah, was that for Bernard? It was everything was. Second nature, yeah. you know. Whenever you same thing with Petrie. linebacker, and I don't, I don't worry about the step slow because you're thinking when you have Dave Aranda as the guy that's running your defense because, oh yeah, the linebacker guru Dave Aranda. Yeah, well that, and he loves to teach. Like that's all. That's that's the guy doesn't even. I don't even think he looks at himself as a football coach. He's a football teacher. Yeah. So I, you know, you you get another off season where you're the expected starter, and he, you're going to get so much of his attention. I think I think Matt Jones is the kind of guy that can make a huge leap 
and I, I, I expect huge things out of Dylan Doyle too. Like he's going to be amazing. Um, and then Siaki Ika on the defensive line, yeah. I, you know, Oh, I can't we wait to see what Jackson he player coming in from Tulsa. Jackson player. Um, the defensive line, I'm not worried about. I'm pretty, no, not at pretty, all. it's going to be a, that's going to be a monster group. Same thing with the offensive line. The, the line seems like they're the strongest point going into 22. So weird to think about secondary. We, we lost a lot, <laughs> a lot of experience, a lot of starts, a lot of snaps, um, left the program. And yeah. But so, I feel like it, there's, I think I, maybe I'm wrong, but I felt like there was like a clear, next man up in the secondary like you're losing Kalen barnes um well, you're Walcott's losing JT. coming back and he he yeah. is a yeah i'll walk i'll walk out's coming back um like i think i think tevin williams it, you know he was a freshman last year like i think he's a kind of guy that could possibly go in there and try to get some some time uh lorando johnson made it to the field a number of times yeah. at safety so um yeah. devin, devin lemire Devin um, Lemire, absolutely. Is Christian Morgan coming back? Christian Morgan is coming back. Yes. So, I mean, there you go there. And I think um, Mark and Milton's Devin coming Neal. back. Uh, Devin Neal was only a sophomore last year. He yep. played a ton of snaps. <clears throat> so, And that's the other thing is this defense, They especially I, th- I felt like on the back end, they rotate tons of guys in and out. So there are there are young guys that have that have gotten a lot of snaps. You're replacing you're replacing some a lot of experience. You're not wrong there, but I I'm less worried about the secondary than I would be at you know the wide receiver core. Yeah, I was about to say on the on the speaking of the secondary on the other side of the ball, um, we lost Tyquan Thornton going to the draft. You have um, R.J. Sneed transferred to Colorado, I believe. Um, so we, we lost a lot of experience there as well so you got like drew estrada's gone too yeah drew estrada um fleeks is gone right or did he get the did no, he get no, an extra no. year? he has this is his covid year i believe okay so he's got his covid year so we still have fleeks. He's still there. but if you've noticed on when they do like the strength and conditioning i don't know if you follow them on twitter the baylor strength staff when they do like mm-hmm. the, the leaders for the week yep fleeks isn't under wide receivers he's under running backs okay they say well, yeah, he kind of does play flicks. that like he plays that like slot H back kind of. So yeah, so I wonder if he's been moved to like just a solely the running back group. Yeah, so let's see. We got Seth Jones. Uh, did Gavin Holmes stay? Gavin Holmes is he was got hurt, but he was uh, he still. Yeah, he got yeah. hurt. That's right, he was hurt. So yeah, got we got hurt. Gavin Holmes, um, Javon Gibson, Jackson Gleason. So. There's guys. It's just who's going to step up. Jalen Ellis. Jalen Ellis, yeah. Um, oh, and then uh, of course, Monterey, Monterey Baldwin. Baldwin. Yeah, I was about to say. The big highlight from the Sugar Bowl. Uh, there's still a lot of speed. And a couple weeks ago, we talked about the the combine, and you saw the speed. I mean, that Monterey Baldwin, Jalen Ellis, there's tons of speed still on in that position group. Yeah, we didn't even talk about Hal Presley, one of our yeah. best recruits from here before. And then, oh my, okay, hold on. I got to, hold on. Because I've forgotten the kid we stole from Texas this year. 
Oh, Amari. Um, Amari, yeah. Winfield. Armani Winfield. Yeah. Armani. Yes. Yeah, and I've heard good. And he, he's a spring enrollee, too. So he'll be there um, for spring spring practice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So he's he could uh, really, people, um, a lot of people who are in that, in the know, as far as the recruiting world, they, they talk about, like, he could be someone to see a lot of playing time as a true freshman. Yeah, he's 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 you know six two one eighty. Yeah, uh, you go through a spring and a full summer, and, and a because he's been here doing that weight program. program this 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 year. So yeah, he's 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 a guy that I think there's expectations that that he could that he could be playing very early. I mean, he was the 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 number twenty nine receiver in the whole country. That he was a you know, number 208 prospect, the 34th best player in all of state of Texas. So, yeah, I mean, you're talking about one of the, the highest rated recruits that we've ever gotten in our money Winfield. So I think uh, it, it, we might be seeing him and our strength staff. They've just done since they've been here, they've done such a great job going from year one, to year two, mm-hmm. just, and I think also, you're going to see a lot of improvement offensively just because you're, you know, that was year one in this offense that um, last year. And so you're going to see a little bit of jump with that as well, I believe um, on the field. But have you seen some of the videos from the strength staff as far as like the, the numbers they're putting up? Oh man, they, they are, they are putting up some, it's just insanity hundreds of pounds and like squat and bench is like just ridiculous i've seen i've seen a lot of negative nancies that are you know like expert weightlifting people that hop into the comments there like this is unnecessary or uh that doesn't help your position out whatsoever no you know what it does is it's it's a like that's here's what you need to understand about those videos it's a marketing tool that's yeah. that is all they are it keeps a doing those max reps like hitting those prs for these kids those personal records yeah a that gets them pumped up to go weightlifting, right? It, it it's it's hard to get a kid when he could be doing all the different stuff that he can do in college to get excited about working out. If it's just the basic, all right, guys, here's your leg workout for today. No, like every once in a while, you got to throw in the fun in there, and that's what they're doing. And B, when you show up, show that off to high school kids. Those high school kids are seeing those videos on Twitter. These dudes putting up numbers in the weight room. Yeah. That's marketing. That's come to Baylor. You want you want to look cool like this? You want to see the barbell bend when you're lit when you're bench pressing? Come play here. But yeah, but I would take some exception to like some of those the negative comments because oh, I just hit the microphone. Um, yeah, I would I would think that being able to squat 500 pounds as a defensive lineman kind of would help me with leverage. Yeah, and having that kind I, of lower I, I body saw a strength. Lot of Gary squat and. Uh, it was just like, well, he's, he's, a, he's beast, a running though. quarterback. That's a he's, and and he's huge. Yeah, and he truck sticks two fifty or something like that. Like he's he's a big dude. Yeah, he's a he's 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 a monster. So, also, I would say like, I mean, you're gonna as a quarterback, if you have your kind of strength, I mean, you're gonna launch the ball because you're gonna that plant foot. That's what your your all your distance is coming from. You're thrusting that ball forward, but. Yeah, exciting things for football. I'm excited. The last thing, the last thing I do want to bring up with football is Matt. Do you know? Um, so like this past year that we just this past recruiting class that we get that that our uh, that Armani is a part of. Yes. 
it was national rank 36, the fifth in the big 12. So right in the middle of the pack, but I think it's pretty solid, right? 36 yeah, being sure. top 40 national. That's, that's a good recruiting class. Yeah. Do you know what we're ranked right now for 2023 on two, four, seven? I do not know. I know we were pretty high. We currently now with a grain of salt, a lot of top recruits that are going to end up in places like Alabama, Ohio state, you know, have not committed yet, but doesn't change the fact that we can relish in it. As it stands right now, we have the sixth best recruiting class in the nation. Yes. And it didn't like Texas tech, like number two. Uh, yeah. Texas tech is very high. Would they have a Joey lot McGuire. Joey McGuire has done. Uh, he is doing wonders over there right now um, up in Lubbock for, um, for their recruiting. Now, that being said, you know, you look at their average is an 88.05, meaning the average ranking of the commit. Ours is an 87.43, whereas you look at Notre Dame, who's ranked number one, their average is 94.77. The reason Texas Tech is number two is because they have 13 recruits. So yeah. a little bit more quantity, quantity, not as much quote-unquote quality, but we all know to take that with a grain of salt when it comes to... But we'll say this, Joey. I mean, like you said, you know, we... Or six with with eight recruits, right? Whereas like Ohio State's behind us with five, but their 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 rating number is higher yeah. than ours. Well, they have four four stars. So, all that said, though, I think we have proven over the last few years that uh, that the 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 number and star rating truly does not matter if you actually know how to develop your players. Yeah, because uh, Alabama's twenty three with two recruits. <laughs> their average star rating though is 96.2 so that'll change if uh that'll if they change. get arch manning I mean, people think he's going or i guess texas people think he's going there why would he go there they have cute, I, they, I, I just don't think he's they going like there. sark i don't know yeah i think he's i personally i think he ends up in georgia that's my guess um he's got a perfect 1000 rating on on 247 um, and he's from your neck of woods. I mean, he's from New Orleans, so he's, for some reason, the I'll get into like LSU for a second. For some reason, like the the Mannings are just not LSU friendly. Well, because they played at two LSU rival programs. Yeah, so like I know they're New Orleans people. To, they are not Baton are, Rouge people. They are New Orleans people. Yeah, but they I LSU mean, is a Louisiana, like it's the oh, it's the school. Yeah, so, but Archie and Eli both went to Ole Miss. Peyton went to Tennessee. So yeah. Ole Miss is is on his list only Listen, because sir, of, I'm not gonna take this uh slander and the disrespect that you just gave Cooper Manning. He also went to <laughs> Ole Miss. All right, Joe. Um, we have a special treat for our listeners. We have a conversation with Devion Hinton talking about not sports. We were going to be talking about the Academy Awards. So why don't we jump on over and uh, here's our conversation with, with Devion and then we'll see what we think about the Academy Awards. We are now joined by Devion Hinton, 
um, from the One Take Pod. Devion, thanks for jumping on. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> we thought we'd yeah. have you on. Um, with The Academy Awards are this Sunday. We kind of cover pop culture in a section of our podcast and we thought who better to have on to talk about the academy awards than you yeah this is my thing this is my super bowl this is what i'm all about i love the oscars so much and not only not only on the one take podcast but you're you're now like a full-blown film critic yeah i'm out here man i'm trying you know i've gotten a couple of things published in a houston style magazine down here um apollo media out here in houston where uh you know we're working on getting some more pop culture stuff going so i'm trying i'm writing doing videos you know doing the podcast still every week so you know it's a lot of things moving and shaking but it's been a lot of fun i love movies i love talking about movies especially oscar movies so i'm, I'm just excited man it's a great time of year favorite time of year and, and of course your favorite movie of all time is what the adventures of bread boy Oh, of course. I love that movie. Uh, you know, my boy from high school musical, he uh, he went crazy in there. And uh, no, that movie's awful. I, I have seen it, though. Uh, I know probably not a lot of people have seen that movie. You don't really need to. It's uh, a, a very dark time. <laughs> I think that was one of my first ever interactions with you on Twitter was you posted like a screenshot of him just sitting there surrounded by bread. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, I forget what his name his name in real life is. Lucas Gabriel, maybe uh, the dude from High School Musical, uh, Ryan. He uh, he's in The Adventures of Food Boy, and he is a boy who like has magical food superpowers. It can just make food come out of his body whenever he wants, and sometimes when he doesn't want. And so, <laughs> as he like discovers that he has this power, he just goes and sits like in a public bathroom, and like a bunch of sandwiches just come out of his body. Like in this bathroom, so just sitting on the floor in this public bathroom, crying, like surrounded by sandwiches with mustard on them. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But yeah, I don't think that one was nominated for an Academy Award, but there are snubs every year, I guess. There are yeah. snubs every year. Justice for Lucas Gabriel. <laughs> well, talking about this year, I thought I'd what we do is just get your overview of how you felt about the nominees and the the films most likely mostly just the 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 best picture nom- nominees or um best actor you know the big awards what were your overall yep. takeaways from when they were announced yeah so uh this year a little bit of a mixed bag when it comes to the oscars it was kind of hard to predict what was going to be kind of the big thing especially with everything not being or you know with kind of finally coming out of the pandemic and people, you know, some studios putting all their movies only in theaters, some putting it just on streaming, some doing half and half. It was kind of weird to see how the public was responding to different things. So we didn't really know what was going to be the final list of nominees, but I think they got it mostly right this year. Um, Let me see if I can get all 10 of them off the top of my head. We got got Dune, we got Licorice Pizza, Power of the Dog, uh, Don't Look Up, Belfast, which is my personal favorite, uh, Nightmare Alley, West Side Story. Uh, we got Coda, and uh, Drive My Car, and there's one more in there. I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but I think King all of Richard. The- yes, King Richard. There it is. Thank you. Um, I have seen nine and a half of those. I got halfway through Drive My Car uh, <laughs> last night, and I got to watch the other last night's three hour long movie, but. Uh, I think they got it mostly right. Um, I 
people who follow me on Twitter will know this. I am an avid uh, Power of the Dog hater. I think that movie stinks. Uh, it was incredibly bored by that film, but I do understand that it's like, you know, one of those just Oscar movies that, um, you know, it looks really good. It's like kind of slow and has some good performances. So, you know, critics usually eat that kind of thing up and they did for that one. I also hate licorice pizza. People who follow me on Twitter will know uh, that movie is just incredibly weird to me and kind of aimless and pointless other than that is, you know, problematic and shows a, you know, kind of statutory rape relationship being built. And that's just the whole point of the movie. Yeah, uh, but beyond yeah, I was actually going to ask you because because I read your review on Licorice Pizza. Which do you hate more, Power of the Dog or Licorice Pizza? All right. So, in terms of like the actual movie itself, I hate Power of the Dog more. Like it's just a bad time to me. <laughs> like it's just not entertaining in the slightest at all to me. But Licorice Pizza, like it could have been at least entertaining like I laughed at like different parts of it while I was sitting in my theater watching it you know like I had I didn't have a bad time watching it it's just when you think about it at all you're like oh wait you're just showing me a 25 year old woman dating a 15 year old man that's weird um, all right power, fair enough fair enough yeah but power of the dog like I just I just didn't enjoy it at all I, I felt pointless like getting to the end of it and like I I don't know didn't move me at all so those two are the ones that I hate everything else um, except I can't really judge out my car because I've only seen half of it. The other movies that I have seen all the way through, I love this year. I thought we had a really good solid group of nominees outside of Licorice Pizza and Power of the Dog. Usually there's way more Oscar movies that I hate, but this year it's just those two. And, you know, so I think that's about what you can ask for as a regular person watching the Oscars. Yeah, I've seen three of the films. Um, well, two and a half. I didn't finish Power of the Dog. I tried to watch it. It's so bad. 30 minutes into it. And I was like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> it stinks. And then of course, don't look up and Dune are the other two that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Joe, have I have seen only seen Dune. You've only seen Dune. Yeah. Like I, I have a, I have a, an 11 month old. I don't, I don't have movie time. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. I've, I've read the synopsis of don't look up. Like I've read the entire plot just so like, I would understand what people were talking about on Twitter. Um, I have not seen a single person say they liked the movie Power of the Dog. So like I was I have I had no reason to to get anywhere near that. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I thought The Last Duel was nominated. So when I was going through the list earlier, I was like, I've seen The Last Duel and I didn't see it on here. And I was like, well shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Last Duel. Uh I love that movie. That was one of my favorite movies of the year. I'd probably have that in the snub category, but I can understand why it didn't get nominated. I mean nobody saw it until like a month or two ago when it came out on hbo max so you know you can't can't win them all they gave me nightmare alley which is the other movie nobody saw in theaters except for me (laughs) so you know i can't have both i guess (laughs) well like it was i would have watched belfast but i couldn't find it anywhere available Mm. but it, it is now i'll probably watch it before the awards the show because it is you can rent it now on like amazon so yeah yeah, I think Belfast is the only one that's still not anywhere for for like for free. Yeah, I think you have to pay out of pocket for that one still. But that was my favorite movie of the year overall. Not even you know just the Oscar movies. Like I know that's kind of a that's a little bit of a mixed bag this year because twenty twenty one was a weird year for movies. But I yeah I loved Belfast, and it's not one of those you know 
you only like it if you like Oscar movies kind of movies. It's got an incredible low barrier to entry. It's like 90 minutes long, like hour and a half in and out real quick. The story is delightful. Um, the kid at the uh, the center of it, Jude Hill, I think he was 11 years old when they filmed it. First time ever being in a film. He's incredible. He's funny. Um, you know, he he's not a regular like child actor. You'll see a lot of child actors who like kind of ruin the movies that they're in because their performance is so bad, but he actually elevates the movie, which is really rare. And I found it really enjoyable. Um, obviously, like it's a for those for those of you who don't know, it's about the kind of Catholic Protestant uh tensions in Ireland back in the day. Um, they're called the Troubles, which is just the coolest thing ever to me. We need to have more, you know, conflict names like that. The Troubles, that's cool. But, uh, you know, so it's about the director's family kind of dealing with that and then eventually deciding to leave Belfast. Um, but it's really, really good, really enjoyable, heartwarming, great performances all around from everyone, including the 11 year old child. I love Belfast. I would definitely recommend watching that one if you can only watch one of the Best Picture nominees. Well, I'm making a note to absolutely watch that now. Of the Incredible. films that do you, are there any that you felt film or performances that um, didn't get recognized that you thought deserved to? Yeah. Um, so last duel, like we were mentioning, I would have recognized that as a movie. There's not any particular performance in it that really stands out, which is probably what hurt it overall in kind of the best picture category. But I would say that one, I would have given a Best Picture nomination, especially over, you know, Power of the Dog, which I thought was awful. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, performance wise, I think the biggest nub everyone reacted to when uh, the Oscar nominations dropped was Lady Gaga not getting nominated for House of Gucci. Yeah. In uh, Best Actress, she was looked at as kind of the front runner, the leader for to actually win the award uh, kind of throughout the early campaign season before uh, the nominations dropped and she didn't get nominated at all, uh, which was really surprising to me. And uh, I would have, I would have definitely had her in there. Um, I think probably Penelope Cruz is the one who ended up taking her spot. You know, it's hard to say officially, but that's what I would have to guess is that Penelope Cruz got the nomination Lady Gaga would have gotten. Uh, not that Penelope Cruz is a bad actress, but she gave a bad performance. I actually did see her movie. She got nominated for it. It's called Parallel Mothers. Um, and she did, she gives a pretty good performance in it. I just thought Lady Gaga was one of the best performers of the year for sure and should have been in over her. Yeah, I feel like House of Gucci was like a much hotter movie too, like just in general. Absolutely. Uh, but like the visibility that she had in that film and the performance that she did was great. So I agree with you. Like I, th- I was very surprised because I, I, I know everybody was just like she has a huge following in general, and then just everybody, even like not big Gaga fans, were all about everything that she did with that film. So, yeah, I thought I thought she was incredible. I love I love her in that movie. That movie itself, uh, not that great. I like it, you know, but it's not like a spectacular best picture kind of movie or whatever. But I thought she gave definitely in a an academy award performance in the middle of a mediocre movie but you know the academy they disagreed <laughs> so yeah she can get dex's award yeah she's she's got it <laughs> when I, I listened to y'all's preview on your podcast and at the time there wasn't any host and i think if i if i remember right last year there was just like a hostless academy award show 
Right. And then after the fact, they they announced that it was you're going to have three hosts, Regina Hall, Amy Schumer, and Wanda Sykes. Um, mm-hmm. I'm interested in your take on on that choice. So, yeah, like you said, I thought last year without having a host, I thought it was fine. And I thought they should have just kept it going like that. You know, all these award show hosts are like either they're very unmemorable or they're bad. Like, I don't think any yeah. of us can remember ever being like, oh, wow, he hosted the Oscars and he was so amazing. I loved him so much. Or like she hosted the Tonys or, you know, she hosted the BT Awards or the Grammys or whatever. It's like you either don't remember anything the host did at all or they're just very bad. You remember them for being bad. So, you know, I expect this to go about the same for the Oscars, I thought they should have kept it without a host and just kind of let people just kind of rotate in doing yeah. their little bits and s- sketches and stuff like that. Um, as far as the actual host that they did choose, if they're going to have hosts, I love the Regina Hall pick. I think Regina Hall is incredibly underrated as like an actress and just as a cool, famous person. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's funny. She's been in the game for forever. She's a, she's a decent actress. She's not like a, you know, incredible actress or whatever, but she's very funny very personable and you know we just always just liked her for you know in my case two decades at this point you know as long as I can remember Regina Hall has been you know just a person that I know of and I like uh Wanda Sykes I think is very very funny and you know if anybody's gonna host an award show I feel like she can do it I'm not sure if she's done it before or not but I think you know she'll be fine the problem is uh Amy Schumer yeah I don't know why Amy Schumer is back in our lives. Um, I thought. We where did all, that come from? Yeah, I thought I mean, we had all kind of agreed, like we were good on Amy Schumer. I mean, is it like but 2015 again? Yeah, I thought after she got caught stealing jokes and just people just kind of generally not really liking any of her stuff that much. I thought we were just. I thought we were done, but I guess we're not. <laughs> One interesting thing I did notice though, uh, after she got announced, I hadn't really heard about this at all until after. She had announced to host the Oscars. The Oscars are hosted on ABC, which is owned by Disney, as we know. Mm-hmm. The other day, a new Hulu show, also yeah. owned by Disney, starring Amy Schumer, popped up, getting recommended to me on my feed. Oh, I, was like, uh-huh. I saw that too yesterday. Interesting. <clears throat> All right, a little corporate synergy happening. I guess that's the only that's the only explanation I can think of for Amy Schumer being included in this very weird. Tria. Regina yeah, Hall. That, that makes a lot makes of sense. sense. Yeah. But yeah. So Amy if there Schumer. has to be, if there had to be something, like I know, I know we I think we can all agree, like the no host was totally fine. But yeah. if there had to be a host, who who would you pick? Um like you you're you're in charge, you're the executive producer of the show, and they say, Davion, go. Who are you picking? Uh that's kind of hard because like we said, I think don't really need a host, but I think you know, somebody just kind of cool and funny someone who's not going to take it too seriously or make it too like a political statement or make it an anti-political statement i always hate when ricky gervais hosts whatever award show he hosts every year and it's like it's not about politics y'all are rich y'all shouldn't be up here you know lecturing us blah 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 and it's like bro you've hosted this show eight times you don't get to make this lecture to us anymore (laughs) like you signed up for this at this point but anyway i think somebody who's going to stay away from that is going to give you your regular funny like corporate funny kind of jokes is who you i would go for so give me the rock let the rock host Ooh, the award show yeah. the rock is solid 
I my one my one issue with the host every year is that it's a live show and they just you it stuff feels so rehearsed and forced, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just doesn't feel natural. So my brain immediately went, we need somebody that is fun, charismatic, and has experience as a stage actor. I'm going Jonathan Groff. Okay. Yeah. 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 See, I agree with Joe. I probably would have gone with Hugh Jackman, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Because didn't he host like the Tonys recently? I think so. That sounds right. That sounds like something he would have done. (laughs) Yeah, I think he's in multiple movies, like as himself hosting stuff. So, (laughs) yeah, so I think, you know, somebody who's like you said, it's very rehearsed and scripted, but it's a live show. I think that's what exactly what a WWE wrestler does. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, you know, right. I I think Dwayne Johnson makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, put the Rock and John Cena together, hosting the Oscars. That makes way more <laughs> sense than Amy Schumer, Wanda Sykes, and Regina Hall as a trio sure. to me. <laughs> it'll be it'll be Shaw and Shaw and Toretto. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the Fast and Furious crossover we didn't know we needed the Oscar <laughs> ceremony. <laughs> well. What are your predictions? I know you kind of went over what you thought about the um, nominees themselves. Who do you think is going to win, or what are your predictions for the show itself? So, unfortunately, I think I think Power of the Dog is going to do really well at the Oscars this year. Um, you know, and you know, I'm sure all those people they worked very hard, and you know, it's easy for me to get up here and you know shit on their art or whatever. But like, I don't, yeah, no hard feelings towards them like they they made a movie and you know a lot of critics like it i'm sure you know they're gonna clean up nicely at the awards i think they're still the favorite for best picture um so power of the dog would be my prediction there uh we have seen a little bit of movement as of late in terms of the kind of the favorite status coda the uh the apple tv plus movie yeah. that one's picking up a lot of steam picking up a lot of other awards and things like that some of the smaller awards show. So, you know, that one has an outside chance. I'd probably be my dark horse in the best picture category, but I think power of the dog, if power of the dog doesn't win, it'll be an upset to some degree. Uh, as far as best actor goes, that category is really fun this year. I think they nailed it and they got everybody in there that I would have wanted in there. Stack category. You got Will Smith, Denzel Washington, Andrew Garfield. You got Javier Bardem in there. And then, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch from Power of the Dog. But if it were up to me, I would give it to Will Smith. And I think that's who's actually going to win for King Richard. Um, he's won most of the other award shows. And, uh, you know, he's Will Smith and everybody loves him. Really easy for him to show up at an Oscar voter party and, you know, just be Will Smith and everyone, you know, be like, yeah, I love that guy, you know. Uh, so I think that'll really play in his favor here. And he'll finally, finally get that Oscar he's been waiting on for, you know, 30 you 40 think, years you think he beats out denzel in the in the tr- in like in like the like original og traditional role i i think he does be- just because denzel already has two He's and so in that. i yeah and denzel is incredible in tragedy of macbeth and i really like tragedy of macbeth but the academy didn't like it as much as a movie yeah. i think uh it just got the nomination for denzel and for cinematography might have picked up another one but it wasn't anything major uh, so I think with King Richard just being more well liked as a movie, that'll help out Will Smith. And because I think Denzel already has two, I doubt that tragedy of Macbeth over Will Smith will be the thing that they give him his third 
Oscar for, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, I'll buy it. I can buy that. Yeah. And I don't think I don't think he wants it as bad <laughs> as Will Smith, just because, you know, Will Smith doesn't have one. And Will Smith has been campaigning from from literally the jump. Like even before King Richard came out, Will Smith was doing all the press. Um, you know, he was putting out a book, doing a book tour and telling really touching emotional stories about his life and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, showing up to all the events and parties and things like that. I think Will Smith has really beat the pavement campaigning on this one in a way that Denzel just hasn't. Um, so I think I think Will Smith has got this one. Benedict Cumberbatch might snatch it if the Academy just loves Power of the Dog, like people suspect that they might. But uh, Will Smith's my pick in Best Actor. And then right. for Best Actress, ha, huh, that one... That was the most difficult of the major three to me to get a read on. Uh, if I had to ch- guess one, I would say uh, Kirsten Stewart for Spencer probably gets it just because, uh, you know, nobody really liked that movie. I don't think audience liked it. I don't think uh, I don't think critics liked it either. But everyone acknowledged that she was incredible in the role that she did. It's a biopic. The Academy loves biopics, as we know. Yeah. Um and uh, she's also been kind of campaigning for this one really well. Uh, the rest of the category is pretty good. Uh, Olivia Coleman's probably the dark horse here for uh, The Lost Daughter. But if I had to make a pick, I would go with Kristen Stewart and Spencer. Yeah, it's a unique year in that I think there's, what, three biopics? With, uh, there's Tammy Faye with Jessica Chastain, right. Nicole Kidman for Lucille Ball, mm-hmm. and Kristen Stewart as Princess Di. So, like... You ha- you actually have figures to go and compare the acting against for three of the people in the category this year. But I agree with you. I, uh, Kristen Stewart just was stellar, and and I think I think she was she's very very well deserving, and she's playing a role of somebody that's pretty recent that people love. Like nobody likes Tammy Faye. People right. loved Princess Diana, and as much as people loved I Love Lucy, like I think that's a little bit like such in the past. And I don't think Nicole Kidman kind of delivered at the same level that Kristen Stewart did. So I, I buy that with you. Yeah. And I think Nicole Kidman, she wasn't really going for like a, like an impression kind of performance. Right. Um, you know, she was just kind of doing her own thing just as Lucille Ball. So I think that'll end up kind of playing against her a little bit. The Academy loves seeing somebody like completely transform themselves into another person. Right. So, you know, you look at like, uh, Renee Zellweger won for Judy a couple of years ago. You know, that's a biopic performance. And she, uh, you know, did a pretty good Judy impression. Uh, Rami Malek won for uh, Freddie Mercury a few years ago doing a Freddie Mercury impression. He didn't even sing in that movie. He just, yeah. you know, just did the talking uh, and sounded kind of like Freddie Mercury. And they gave it to him for that. Uh, Justice for Bradley Cooper. He was robbed. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I think the Academy loves those kind of biopic performances a little more from what we've seen and i think uh Kristen stewart did a better job than nicole kidman tammy faye i i wasn't really familiar with tammy faye until i saw the movie and then uh at the end of the movie like as the credits roll they show some clips of like the original real tammy faye talking and you're like holy crap (laughs) jessica chastain looks and sounds exactly like her Mm -hmm. (laughs) uncanny but (laughs) You know, that movie itself, it's actually it's probably a better movie than Spencer, but I don't think it's well liked enough for that to be the difference maker. I think 
I think Kristen Stewart's going to hold on. She's been, she was up there with Lady Gaga as kind of the co-favorite throughout the early part of the process. And I think she's going to hold on to it. Good deal. And just to let people know who maybe aren't familiar with you, where they can find your work, where they can find you on, on the internet and all that. Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Lord Dex Hinton, L-O-R-D-D-E-X-H-I-N-T-O-N. Uh, you can follow everything that we're working on on One Take Pod at One Take Pod, the number one T-A-K-E-P-O-D on Twitter and Instagram. And um, you can read my reviews. Most of them go up on ApolloMedia.com or ApolloHOU.com, which is Apollo Media. And um, yeah, I tweet them all out whenever I write them. So if you follow me on Twitter, you'll you'll see them. But appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, and if you're an oh, Astros yeah. fan, jumping on. Apollo Media has some of the most elite merchandise out there. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, we just dropped another shirt today. Uh, the Bear Me and the Gates shirt. Uh, nice. The colors quote. So uh, yeah, check that out. ApolloHOU.com. Uh, yeah, man, just read everything we're doing over there. I write a little bit about sports on there too, from time to time when I can. Um, I do a couple of things for our daily bears here and there still. So if I'm sure y'all are, most of the listeners are familiar with our daily bears, check us out on that too. But, uh, yeah, man, that's it for me. Awesome, man. Thanks so much for jumping on. This has been great. Yeah. Thanks for having me. y'all. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. Again, I want to thank Devion for jumping on and talking about the Academy Awards and, everything going on with that particular broadcast. Now, Joe, you had mentioned, like, you don't get to see, get to see a lot of movies. You have a, a very small child. Um, I don't either. My children are older, but my time is kind of spoken for. Have, is there any movie that you didn't see that you think you want to see now after our conversation? Oh, well, I mean, I've I'm, I'm got to see Belfast now. Yes, me too. That's the one that I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rent and watch for sure. Now that's available, it, it just became available on to rent. So, yeah, I, I will. I will absolutely be watching that one. I, you know, uh, Dex is one of the, like the few guys that I, if he recommends something, I will go jump at it every time. Yes, absolutely. I'm right there with you. Um, and while we're talking about pop culture and movies, um, let's just jump right in. And uh, what's what's got you uh, excited this week? So, man, I'm watching Winning Time, the the HBO series about uh, about the Lakers. So I've got I've got the latest episode to watch. I haven't watched that one yet. Um, and then this past week, I've been I mean, I watched a ton of basketball. Yeah. And then I got really, really excited for the first F1 race of the year after watching mm-hmm. Try to Survive. Um, and that was a blast to watch Red Bull poop their pants and not get any points whatsoever. Um, so that's kind of what I've been watching. Those are like the two big shows or the two big things was basketball and F1. And then I'm watching weekly, um, the winning time show that comes out. I do have a question for you though. Okay. Did you go see the Batman? No. Matthew. Sorry. But then I saw today, like it's going to be on HBO Max in like a month. Go see it for free. Just, just go see it. I will. I got to. I'll go see it this weekend. I have a have like the weekend, a long weekend. So take the girls. They've been asking to go. So yes, see, there you go. I'm going to go see it. We're going to go this weekend. Daddy daughter day. That's going to be what we're going to do. 
I'm not really, I think nothing other than what I have been watching, you know, watching Yellowstone still. I watched a lot of basketball. I really didn't watch anything but basketball this this past weekend. So I really can't really speak to anything new. Um, I'm, except for winning time. I'm really aggravated that it's a weekly show and I can't just watch the whole thing because after it ends, I always like, man, I just want to go on to the next episode. But um, let me ask you a question. Did you watch, have you seen The Boys? I have seen the first season of The Boys. Okay. Okay, so they had a, a trailer. So I saw watched the trailer because I I kind of like binged, quick binged the the boys. So I think I'm gonna watch that when it when it drops. I don't know exactly when that's coming out, but I did like the trailer. I think it's gonna be a looks like it's gonna be a good season. Yeah. Um I watched like the the first couple episodes, I think, of season two. Um, like I saw the it was name like Starlight or whatever. I can't remember the, the new character. Um, Stormfront. Stormfront. Yeah. Starlight's the 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 blonde girl, right? Um yes. I really liked season one. That was cool. Um, but I don't know why. I just season two, I just I don't know if it was just like I just don't feel like committing to watching the show or what it was. Yeah. It just kind of fell off for me. But I may go back and watch it now. And I don't know if we can talk about this, but Marvel dropped another trailer for, for Miss Marvel. Did you get to see that? I did not. So it's, there's, there's a lot of, a little bit of controversy because a lot of people are saying they changed her powers, but um, it, it was a trailer. So it's really hard to tell what her power set is. So um, I think that's kind of like premature. People just love to jump on and be, you know, mad online. Um, but it's very looks like it is marketed towards the age of my daughters, so it's for like teen ish girls for sure. Okay, so but it looks dope. I'm I'm into it, and since she's going to be in the the new Marvel Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel movie, whatever, um, you kind of have to watch all the stuff, honestly. When it's when it's Marvel property, you kind of got to watch everything. Yeah, they've done a really good job of like making it a requirement to watch everything. Yeah, I think, it, was that wasn't there another trailer that came out recently that I got excited about? I don't know. I guess not. I think. I oh, did you see? No, I think we already talked about that one a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess there hasn't been any new trailers that have been really thrilling. Oh, Bullet Train. That's the one that looks really fun to me. Oh, yeah. I did see that trailer. That one does look so good. With so many Brad characters. Pitt on a uh, Shinkansen bullet train. Yeah. And with like a bunch. It basically it kind of just looks like a claustrophobic John Wick. Yeah. And it's. You have like his handler person that he talks on the phone with. It's like Sandra Bullock. And then. You have just like the the myriad of actors that are in that short trailer is like, yeah, I'm all I'm here for it. Whatever's going on, I'm 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 here for it. Yeah, yeah that 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 is a uh, like a junk food movie that I cannot wait to consume. So yeah, the next thing I'm waiting for we have Moon Knight and 
Moon Knight. Nine days, I think. And I've watched some of the clips they've dropped on their YouTube channel, and it looks so good. It does. And Every I, I, I'm very excited about it. Oscar Isaac, I mean, come, yeah. of course. Yeah, I mean, and some people that have got like got the screeners and they've they've seen like the first couple episodes, they're like, it's amazing. So some people even was like, man, they, they, it's rivaling like the you know the Loki, which is a lot of people's favorite of the TV shows, the Disney Plus shows. I loved Loki. It was so good. So good. But yeah, that's about all for what I'm watching. And and, and then um, soon, uh, soon the, the Holy Grail come, we'll get Kenobi. Oh, yes. Just, to, and then just that'll be a weekly mere weeks away. Yeah, that'll be a weekly conversation once we get to uh, May 25th. Absolutely. All right, Joe. So where can people find you? That's about all I got uh, for this week. Yeah, the people can find me on Twitter at the underscore Joe underscore Goodman. Um, that's that's pretty much where I reside. What about you, Matt? Uh, as always, you can find me at Matt D Workman on Twitter, and you can find the podcast at the Baradin Pod. All right, buddy. Basketball season. Thank you for everything. Until until the until the upcoming fall, we'll put you neatly in our box and and yes. you know store you away. Moving on, like someone, um, our friend Scott Spain Smith, I said, I, I sent him a text. I was like, oh, I'm on to spring football. And he said, there's no love like your first love. Yep, there we go. <laughs> All right, Joe. We sick will and bears. See you next time and sick and bears. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.